Welcome to the Paralegal Voice, where you hear the latest issues and trends in the world of paralegals and legal assistance by two of the best-known paralegals in the industry, Vicki Voison and Linda Venny. Each of them paralegals for over 20 years and both dedicated to helping legal professionals reach their goals. You're listening to the Legal Talk Network. Hi, welcome to the Paralegal Voice. Thanks for joining us for our monthly podcast here on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Lynn Deveni, a North Carolina State Bar Certified Paralegal employed by a small civil rights firm, Elliott, Pishko, Morgan, in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. We do a variety of uh, cases ranging from civil litigation to immigration cases to criminal law to workers' compensation and social security disability. So I'm fortunate to get to see a lot of different aspects of the law in my everyday work. I also blog for the paralegal profession at practicalparalegalism.com and enjoy microblogging about the day, I guess the typical day in the life of a paralegal at my Twitter feed, which is at Expert Paralegal. And hi, Lynn. I'm Vicki Voison, an Ally Advanced Certified Paralegal calling in from Charlevoix, Michigan. I call myself the Paralegal Mentor, and I publish a weekly e-zine titled Paralegal Strategies. More information is available at paralegalmentor.com, where you can also get my 151 tips for your career success, and that's a free download. Before we get started, I'd like to um, give a big shout out and a big thanks to the sponsors of the Paralegal Voice. Above All Legal and NALA, the Association for Legal Assistance and Paralegals. Above All Legal is a new online job board for the legal community. Find out more at AboveAllLegal.com. NALA is a professional association for paralegals. Just go to NALA.org. That's N-A-L-A dot org for information about NALA's continuing education and professional certification programs, especially for paralegals. As many of you know, the goal of the Paralegal Voice is to discuss a wide range of topics important to the paralegal industry. We try to share with you guys leading trends, significant developments, and resources that we think you'll find helpful in your careers and everyday jobs. We also have guests on the program to help us explore timely topics, but today it's just going to be Vicki and I talking about a topic that is near and dear to both of our hearts, and that is paralegal resumes. Uh, we're going to call this show Paralegal Resume 101. Vicki, first, I think we should talk about our own experience preparing and reviewing resumes with our listeners. Um, let you share your experiences first. Lynn, I just think this is a great topic for this month's Paralegal Voice because, I don't know if you know or not, uh, September is National Update Your Resume Month. So, Excellent. Uh, yes, a timely thing. So, uh, you know, I've worked in the same firm for my entire career. Uh, you know, the firm name has changed, the characters working there have changed, but I've been the one constant. So I really haven't ever had to have, you know, have a resume, but I have kept my resume up to date just in case. You never know when you're going to need it. And I've also followed tips and trends for resume preparation throughout the years, and I've reviewed many resumes during my career, both for prospective employees at the firm where I work and for paralegals who uh, want to be sure that their resumes get the attention that they want. 
And of course, that attention is to get the interview. Because the purpose, the true purpose of a resume is to get an interview. And then it's up to you, of course, to get the job and you do that during your interview. So um, I also eventually want to tell you this, that I uh, presented an online course with Dr. Charles C. Diaz, who is at the University of Maine, and that was a blueprint for your uh, job search, uh, which has gone over very well, and I'll give more information about that later. So what about you, Lynn? What about your experience? Um, I want to touch on what you just said. I think the, you know, if you visualize the goal of a paralegal resume or a resume for any other legal staff or job, it's to stay at the top of the pile. It's to stay in the top five or 10 uh, resumes that are going to get the calls for the interviews. Um, why do I know that? I've worked in the uh, paralegal field for over 25 years, 17 of it at my last and current firm. Um, over the years, I have reviewed hundreds of paralegal and legal secretarial and legal assistant and receptionist and office manager resumes for openings in our firms. Um, have had a lot of opportunities to choose what rises to the top of the file and what goes to the bottom for various reasons that we're going to discuss during the show. I was also a paralegal instructor at the local community college for five years, uh, taught the introduction to paralegalism class a number of times, and uh, of the several assignments that I would give these brand new students who knew nothing about the paralegal profession, um, in fact, that's what they were there for, was to learn whether you know they wanted to move on and continue and work on their paralegal degree, I always had them prepare an entry-level resume and cover letter. I also had them keep track of the uh, job market. And again, uh, this is before you know some of the extensive resources that are now available on the internet. I think now I would be having them uh, do Excel spreadsheets uh, and following employment trends in the area that they want to work as an assignment. So I've seen a lot of entry-level re- uh, resumes. I get a lot of entry-level resumes and and other resumes as a blogger at Practical Paralegalism. I'm always happy to look at anybody's resume and give constructive feedback. Uh, and when you mention about updating your resume, um, I have needed to update my resume, but not for job applications, uh, for affidavits in federal litigation, and also when I was nominated to the North Carolina Bar Association Paralegal Division Council, I had to submit a resume to the president of the bar. I did not have one at the time. I asked if my LinkedIn profile would be good enough, and I was told no. I had to have a resume on real nice paper. So that's my experience. Vicki, now um, each of us are going to share our golden rule for paralegal resumes. What's your golden rule? There are a whole bunch of golden rules, Lynn, so it was it was really hard for me to, uh, you know, cut this down to just one. But the number one is the importance of accuracy. Be sure there are no spelling and no typographical errors in your resume. I mean, it's going to go to the bottom of the pile right away if there are. And you can get around that or, you know, don't plan on on just um, uh, checking it yourself. You need to have someone else do the proofreading for you, preferably a professional who knows what you're talking about. So that's my golden rule. Exactly. Um, Mine too, but I've got another one, like you said. Um, I think for most entry-level legal staffers to intermediate-level legal staffers that it is critical that you have a one 
page resume. Um, don't think this applies to legal professionals who have a great deal more experience, but I think it's key when you are new to the legal job market, um, you're at the entry level to intermediate level, is that your goal is to create a one page resume that is extremely effective and that enables the person screening the resumes to tell a lot about you and why you are a good candidate for an interview at just a glance because you have to realize and I've experienced it personally when you're sitting there with a pile of a hundred resumes you are not initially looking at them for very long and as Vicki just said Obvious grammatical errors, uh, extremely unattractive formatting, um, hard to follow uh, chronologies or you know information about yourself. You know all of that. Just just your your resume will be just passed over and put to the bottom of the of the pile. So that's my golden rule: aim for a one-page, highly effective and attractive resume. That's a, a really good tip, Lynn, because I, I think that it's uh, statistics say that you have 10 to 30 seconds to catch someone's, mm-hmm. yeah, to catch someone's attention. And the reader needs to look at your resume and, and, you know, and say, here's the perfect paralegal for the job in that amount of time. So, you know, screening happens uh, right with that resume and it happens, you know, 80% of the time that way. All right. Now, I hear um, almost every day from paralegal program graduates who, are, you know, they're really having a tough time finding a job because employers require three to five years of experience. So, Lynn, I have some suggestions for handling this no experience issue, but I think you do, too. So what are yours? Uh, first and foremost, I tend to see, like you do, a lot of student resumes and the problem I see on the resumes, um, and, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in formatting, is that they don't emphasize the legal skills, the legal and practice skills that they actually learned in their program. Um, you know, as a newbie, you need to go back and think about what you've learned, whether it's drafting pleadings, uh, performing informal and formal research, interviewing witnesses, drafting memos and correspondence. I mean, the kind of concrete things that people are looking for entry uh, level staffers to perform, your resume needs to say, say that you know how to do that. And I think you, especially if you haven't had much in the way of internships or part-time jobs or you're not working while you're in school, uh, you need to emphasize the skills that you've acquired in your educational program that transfer to that first job and make you a desirable candidate. How about you, Vicki? Well, first of all, the the main one is to update your resume and do that often. And if you're not getting a job, look at your resume and see if you have uh, what I call darlings and things that you just think really should be on there because they may not really be something that you should you should include in that resume. Um, I always suggest that they take a job, uh, you know, any job while they're waiting for the job. Uh, it's better to be employed than uh, while they're looking for their job than not. Um, I think you will agree that they should leverage the internet and social media, especially LinkedIn. The LinkedIn uh, profile is is really very important. And there's another thing that I want to emphasize is that uh, 
in-person contact is still really important. You can't just hide out in your office and send out resumes. You need to be contacting people. You need to contact people who know people because a lot of jobs are found by word of mouth. So those are those are my tips for someone who's having um, a difficult time. In addition to your, you know, be sure that you highlight the skills that you do have and make them apply to the job that you're looking for. And, you know, that may take more than one resume. You know, never send out just a mass, uh, a, re- a resume by mass mail. Be sure that you tailor it to the job that you're applying for. So uh, that that's very important. But you can you you have skills, you uh, and just use those so that they do apply to the job that you're actually applying for. And Vicky, I love your term, darlings. And you know, you think about how hard-hitting a one-page resume has to be. Um, and you do have, you know, other places to to emphasize, you know, a fact or something unique that you, you may not be appropriate to include on that resume because you don't have the space for it. A cover letter is a good place to uh, include that additional information, uh, especially if it's something tailored for the job that you're looking for. Also, a writing portfolio uh, with sample work, Uh, certificates of attendance from CLEs that you've gone to, written letters of recommendation. Um, There's a lot of ways, you know, to take with you a portfolio if the interview is going really well, uh, that you can work some of those, um, again, I love that term, darlings, into the conversation. Um, But they may not, you're you're one page, good looking, you know, gotta hit the highlights, you know, there may not be room for some of that stuff on your resume. You know, I want to put, I want to insert here, Lynn, that you know, you said they should have a one-page resume, which I highly recommend. And then we also talked about, uh, you know, if you have a lot more experience, you may go on to a two-page resume. But I want absolutely right, except that they may be including some of these darlings that they don't need. And if they had a one-page resume, that would um, probably catch someone's eye faster. And also, they shouldn't really go back any more than fifteen years in there uh, with the jobs that they. Had um, so you know keep that so that it's that's because we don't want to date ourselves, right, Vicky? Well, that that does do that. <laughs> yes, I know, and I know, I know. There's, there's Unfortunately, a reason, that, there's a reason why exactly. I say I have more than twenty years of experience, and we'll drop it right there. You know, it's true. All right, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Yeah. So now let's see. I think we were going to talk about our recommended formats for paralegal resumes. So um, my first tip for that, and I'll let you um, say a little bit more about this, but don't use Microsoft Word templates because they have embedded data. And if you send them by email, they're going to end up going kaflui in somebody else's inbox when they try to save it. So be careful about that. And um, I, I, Charles C. and I recommend something called the um, F format, where things are laid out on the page in sort of the, um, the way the letter F goes. And right in the middle, where you have the, I guess it's called an arm or whatever, the middle part of the F, that's where the most important information goes. So that's the format that I recommend. And we probably have similar ideas regarding formats. You know, I see a lot of chronological resumes where people list uh, each job, uh, of course, in date order, usually starting with the most recent, and then they uh, bullet 
point a list of um, job duties at each job, uh, which for a newbie who has never had any legal experience, and you see a lot of um, restaurant, retail, industrial, light industrial work, uh, different kinds of things, uh, is probably not the best use of your space. Um, I like to see a combination of a functional skills resume and a chronological resume where you do list your employer and the dates of employment in a list, but you combine the things that the employer, a legal employer, is going to be most interested in under a functional resume format, under legal skills, under um, computer skills. Um, you may not have enough time, uh, space on your resume to add a uh, communication skills section. I do have one on my resume. Um, but, you know, the thing is employers want to know what practical abilities you bring to their office. Um, and they really want to see that you understand legal terms, uh, that you understand what it is going to be, what's going to be expected of you uh, as an entry level legal staffer. And your resume needs to convey that. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily, and Vicki, you may disagree with me or, or agree. Uh, if you have a lot to get on that one page, I don't think the objective is necessarily an an absolute in a resume. Um, your cover letter indicates what you're applying for. Everybody knows you probably, you'd like a job with career advancement and opportunities to learn and better yourself, blah, blah, blah. You know, I think, you know, we all know, uh, what you're looking for. And if you need to make the best use of that space to get it all on one page, I think you can leave that objective off. Absolutely. Think, yeah, absolutely. That's just not necessary. In fact, the objective, uh, the firm is the one that has the objective and that is to hire hire someone, hopefully the person with the resume. And anyway, so, you know, your objective is just to present yourself the best way you can. And on those functional skills, I like to see those um, bulleted. And all, yes. yeah, and remember that it's just the first two words in that bullet that people are really looking at. So those are, um, you know, that's where you highlight in those first two words, exactly what your skills are. I call those the power verbs. They are um, the know, power you, verbs. The and, action, yeah. action verbs. Right, and you know. keep those in the present tense. Yes. Those, those verbs, yeah. they uh, Definitely. Right. Okay, let's see. What's next, Lynn? Well, actually, what's next, it's time for us to take a quick break now, and we're going to have a word from our sponsors, Above All Legal and NALA. This is Kate Kenny at Legal Talk Network, and I'm talking with attorney Brian Manginis, co-founder of Above All Legal, an innovative new online legal job board. Brian, tell us about Above All Legal and how it works. Well, Above All Legal is a simple, easy, and fast way for uh, a person in the legal profession looking for a job to post their jobs, uh, to search jobs and post a resume online. And it's also an uh, easy way for employers to either search for resumes on the database or to post uh, jobs that uh, they need to fill. We've been talking to attorney Brian Manginis, co-founder of Above All Legal. Check it out at AboveAllLegal.com. That's AboveAllLegal.com. NALA means professional. NALA offers classroom and web-based continuing education and professional development for all paralegals. And NALA's certified paralegal credential has been a gold standard of professionalism for over 30 years. More than 15,000 paralegals have this certification, and nearly 2,000 have achieved the demanding advanced certified paralegal. 
Nala works actively with others in the legal field to promote the value of paralegals and to advance paralegal professionalism. See more about why Nala means professional at www.nala.org. Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. I'm Lynn Devaney here with my co-host, Vicki Voison, and our topic today is Paralegal Resume 101. And you know, Lynn, we both have our pet peeves about resumes um, that we've already talked about a few. My pet peeve is, of course, misspelling and those resumes that are too long and too detailed. You just need to find a better way to present your expertise because if it's too long, it won't be read. So I'm sure you have some pet peeves, Lynn. My pettest, pettest peeve that makes me absolutely crazy, crazy insane are the silly, silly email addresses. You know, and I, I, I've seen people, the one that makes me absolutely crazy is babyparalegal at yahoo.com or newbiecutie legal eagle at, you know, just something that says, that's too cutesy. Uh, you know, why do you want to label yourself as inexperienced in your email address? You know, really, you should have a personal email address, uh, especially if you're at a job now and you're looking for work. You should not use your work address for email. I've seen that too. Not cool. Um, but yeah, you should have an email that's just your name. I mean, you know, what a, what a thought. Um, for example, I have an email address, a Gmail account. I don't, you know, I give the address at my blog for anybody who wants to get in touch with me, but it's lynn.deveni at gmail.com. So, you know, think about, and, and, you know, put a good phone number on your resume. Uh, we have actually called people to come in for job interviews and it wasn't their phone number. Oh, and I'm going to tell you the other pet peeve and this is from personal experience and, um, you know, you're going to think this is funny, but it's really happened. Your parents cannot be the ones to fax your resume, hand deliver your resume, or God forbid, bring you to the job interview and come in with you. <laughs> they got to sit out in the parking lot if they come, okay? I've, I've seen it. I wouldn't mention it if I hadn't seen it. So oh, those, that's those are my pet peeves. <laughs> that's great advice. You know, one other thing I want everyone to remember is that when they do give that phone number, that they fix their voicemail message so that also is professional. Oh, God. You don't I can't want to say, just say, hey, yeah. you've reached cutie yeah. paralegal ad. <laughs> right, right. That's just not good. <laughs> so that needs to be fixed. So now let's talk about some resources, Lynn. You know, I was thinking about that. Um, you actually mentioned uh, some good resources early, earlier, and I think uh, listening to the um, the presentation you and Charlesy did is a good start. But you know, I think the the best thing you can do is look at successful legal staffer resumes. Um, you know, there's sometimes you can find them in different forums posted online. I think um, when you see a really good LinkedIn profile for a successful paralegal staffer, that that is very much worth your time studying, uh, seeing, you know, why it works, uh, how you can um, translate what you've learned um, to your own LinkedIn profile. I also uh, think one resource 
that you must use, and I think Vicki mentioned it earlier, is you've got to have somebody else look at your resume, preferably uh, somebody that does hiring in the legal field. And that can even be somebody at a temporary agency or an agency that specializes in placement of legal support staffers, uh, hopefully in a good paralegal program. Paralegal instructors are emphasizing uh, the creation of a solid resume as an assignment. And I think it's a great project for paralegal classes and paralegal clubs to have kind of, uh, you know, resume, constructive criticism night where they look at each other's LinkedIn profiles and they look at each other's resumes and give each other some feedback on what looks good and what they think might need a little bit of work. Well, you know, my of course, my favorite uh, resource now is going to be the Blueprint for Your Job Search course that uh, Charles C. and I did. Uh, it's, I think the price is just $29, and it's available at my website, which is paralegalmentor.com, and it's under the Resources tab. So that's one. It, it's uh, You get the recording and also a, a really good handout. Um, another resource uh, will be the book that Charles C. and I are writing, which I believe is done. Every day I think it's done, and then I find Yay! something else we need to do. But that will have a, a, a very detailed um, resume chapter in it. And then I do have one online resource for our listeners, and that is um, at Purdue University's website. And I'm going to read this. It's a little long, and we'll also put it in our show notes. That's http colon slash slash owl dot english dot purdue p-u-r-d-u-e dot edu slash owl slash resource slash five six one slash zero one. I guess I could have shortened that for them, but we'll we'll put that. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I, I wanted to be sure that it was right, and so that uh, we'll put that in our show notes. Okay. If you have questions about today's show, please email them to theparalegalvoice at gmail.com. We're going to take another short break and come back with some paralegal news and announcements. We'll be right back. Want to stay in touch with the Legal Talk Network and get our shows automatically? RSS provides home delivery. You don't have to remember where to click. The good stuff comes right to you automatically and free. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and hit the RSS button at the top of the page. It says our podcast feeds. Now you'll be all set. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. You can advertise with us at Legal Talk Network and have your own commercial play in this podcast. Just give us a call anytime at 781-551-9960 or shoot us an email at admin at legaltalknetwork.com. Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. Um, Vicki, um, you are going to give us your practice tip and tell us what you've been up to these days. Been working hard, Lynn, and I know you have too. Uh, I want to tell everyone about a, a new course that I'm presenting on October 5th at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and it is aptly called Checklist Therapy. 
and it's uh, how to use checklists to become an indispensable paralegal. And I think this is really necessary because checklists aren't just for Santa Claus to use. We need to be using them in the law office, and I I know that you use checklists a lot. Uh, You know, the work that we do is often deadline-driven, and the consequences for missing those deadlines really can be severe. But if you have a checklist for your projects, then you're going to uh, be able to handle tasks accurately and, and also uh, quickly. So that's that's why we need good checklists. So uh, they can get more information about that at checklisttherapy.com. Vicki, I know all your online offerings are excellent, so I hope that uh, people will take advantage of that uh, terrific opportunity. Uh, we incorporate checklists uh, at my firm. Uh, we use case management software, so a lot of our checklists are automated, but we are constantly updating them to reflect uh, changes in civil rules of procedure, uh, industrial board, uh, North Carolina industrial board rules. Um, they're just very critical uh, to getting things done. Um, I have been a little crazy busy the last two weeks. I have given two interviews for national paralegal publications. Uh, One, I was interviewed on ethics, which is a favorite topic. And the other, I was uh, interviewed about redaction software. Uh, We use several different kinds at our firm, and I've had the opportunity to review Redacted. I recently did uh, reprinted a post at my blog. Uh, Very much, you know, I I feel for those of you who are still out there redacting documents by hand and hope that uh, you guys will be able to convince the people in charge of your firm's software and technology uh, to to purchase some redaction software for you in the near future because it definitely makes you more productive and you certainly can get more done in your day. I've also got a technology profile coming up at Lawyer Tech Review. I was honored to be asked. I'm get to talk about my iPad a whole lot, which is just you know awesome. So I'll share the link with you guys because I was really honored and excited to be asked. As far as the social media tip. We talked about LinkedIn, and I got two pet peeves. Um, I do love LinkedIn discussion groups, and sometimes I'll, you know, just go look at somebody's profile, and you'll see people going, you know, well, I can't find a job, or I graduated with 4.0 GPA, and I can't find a job. Yet you will see the summary portion of their LinkedIn profile is full of grammatical errors, obvious grammatical errors. So employers, many of whom today are Googling you, and the one thing that should show up in a Google uh, search for you is your LinkedIn profile. Um, You're not going to make a good online impression if your summary, which is similar to a cover letter, uh, doesn't have complete sentences, isn't coherent, uh, doesn't highlight, you know, the things that you want to highlight. So it's just really, it's just as important that your LinkedIn profile be grammatically correct as it is for your paper resume and your paper cover letter. The other thing is that LinkedIn profile picture. I see all kinds of crazy casual photographs. This is kind of like a preliminary job interview. You don't have to go and have a professional picture made, but you do need to be dressed professionally. Uh, it's okay to uh, turn your digital camera around backwards and take a bunch of headshots until you get one you like or have a family member take it, but at least from the waist up, uh, be appropriately dressed for a job interview. For, gen- for the gentlemen in our audience, that means at least to tie uh, for the women in our audience. Uh, you know, you, you want to, you, you don't want to have one of those uh, crazy profile pictures that I sometimes see that looks like people woke up at 5am and, you know, just kind of took this natural shot and just thought it would be a hoot to post it on LinkedIn. Yeah, I hate so, it, um, Lynn, those, I want to say right now, I hope uh, the guy, the guys wear more than a tie. 
Well, I'm talking about, you know, from the <laughs> waist up, shirt and tie. If okay. I have to tell anybody to wear a shirt. <laughs> I don't know. And, and also, right. I hate it when they don't have a picture at all. That, right. that to me is a huge pet peeve. That's just shouldn't happen. It is. And you can take your own digital sh- uh, headshot. You can play with it at some, some of the free online editors like drpick.com. The nice thing about taking your own picture, you can take 100 tries until you get one that you really like. Um, so, yeah, the picture is, is, a, is important. Um, that is all the time we have today for The Paralegal Voice. Uh, don't forget to check out our show notes on our respective blogs. That is paralegalmentor.com and practicalparalegalism.com. This is Lynn DeVenny. And this is Vicki Voison thanking you for joining us today and reminding you to make your paralegal voice heard. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to The Paralegal Voice with Linda Venny and Vicki Voison. This podcast is produced by the Legal Talk Network. Be sure to get the next edition of the podcast. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.